We praise His holy name for He is awesome and amazing and incredible. And we can't help but to be ever thankful to Him for His mercies and for His grace. It is good to see you here this morning, those of you who are present. It's good to see you who are visiting. We're thankful to you who are members. Let's please go to God in prayer. Our great Heavenly Father, we praise your holy and divine name and thank you so very much for looking down upon us, for your patience, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord God, for helping us. And when we are helpless, you are there. And when we are strong, you are there. For it is because of you that we are who we are and what we are. And for that we thank you. Thank you for Jesus, your great son, who died on that cruel cross of Calvary that we might live. Thank you for your mercy and care and for this opportunity to worship you. We pray that our worship will and has been pleasing and acceptable in your sight. These things we ask and pray and thank you for. In that wonderful name of Jesus Christ, be thy will. Amen. Revelation chapter 2, please. The tree of life. The tree of life. That phrase we find written in the book of Genesis, uh, chapter chapter 2 and verse 7, and also chapter 3 and verse 22 in the Garden of Eden. Eden. And this was the tree that was in the midst of the garden, that if man would eat from that tree, he would live, the Bible says, forever. God's original plan for humanity. But then sin entered into the world, and as a result, mankind dies, because all has sinned. In Revelation 2, in verse 7, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. And so that which we have destroyed, and and because of our sin, has been removed, has been given back to us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now this, remember, is God's plan from the days of eternity, revealed to us in our time, if you will, and even from the very beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. Jesus promised that all who would overcome shall live, shall partake of the tree of life. And where is it located this time? Not in the Garden of Eden, but rather in the paradise of God. And so the book of Revelation reveals to us this promise of God. It shows us that God's promises have been fulfilled, which is very important to us. The tree of life is given back to the children of God to live with God forever. Turn to Revelation 22. Remember, last week, both Ezekiel and and John saw the waters of the tree of life. Last week, we looked at the waters. This week, we're looking at the tree of life. Ezekiel saw this before the coming Messiah. John saw this after the Messiah. Verses 1 and verse 2. And he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street, 
and on either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. A river of water flows from the throne of heaven. Where God is, where the church is, it runs down through the streets of the church. And the spiritual supply is plentiful and permanent. Verse 2 says, In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So the tree is likened to Jesus. He is the tree of life because he is the source of all life, both physical as well as spiritual. He's in the midst because no man can preach the gospel without preaching Jesus Christ. He's on either side because no man can preach Jesus Christ without preaching the gospel. In other words, it's all about Jesus. And that's what the book of Revelation wants us to understand. It's all about Jesus, the crucified Messiah. He lives. He reigns. He rules. We win. It's all about Jesus. You see, they thought they'd won. Rome said we executed the Lord. Satan said we executed the Lord. But God lives. In verse 13 of Revelation 22, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. It's all about Jesus Christ. And so if you're a saint and you're living, turn to Zechariah, please. Um, and you're living back in these days and your, your hope was, was all over Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Jesus. And then the Messiah dies. Folks lost hope until they saw the risen Lord. And then that hope returned. And now it continues through this persecution. The hope in Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Redeemer. The blood of Jesus is so powerful that it flowed backwards to Adam and forwards to the last man that lives on the face of the earth. Again, Zechariah 14. We read this last week. I'll read it again. Verse 8. And it will come about in that day that living waters will flow out of Jerusalem, half of them toward the eastern sea and the other half toward the western sea. And it will be summer as well as winter. This blood that flows throughout time, throughout history, is an amazing gift from God. Turn to Psalm 103. The forgiveness of our sins. Thank you, God. Verse 11 and verse 12. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. And so, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. The forgiveness of sins is all about Jesus. Jesus, who is on each side of the river, in the middle of the river, because no man can pass over Jesus 
to get to the Father. No man can pass over Jesus to get to heaven. Jesus himself, John 14 and verse 6 says, I am the way and the truth and life. No one comes to the Father by me. No one. You can't get to heaven without Jesus. No man can get to heaven without Jesus. No man has ever gotten to heaven without Jesus. The blood of Jesus flows backwards and forwards. It's all about Jesus. And so in your faith, and in your confidence, and in your conviction, and in your relationship with God, be sure to praise Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Revelation 1 and the verse 8, Jesus says, as he said at the end of the chapter in 22, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. It's all about Jesus. We serve, turn to Ezekiel please, chapter 47. We serve a risen Savior, a mighty God. We win. We can't lose. And for those who are outside of Christ, you don't realize you can't lose with Christ. We cannot lose. Stay faithful to God. Stay true. Don't look around and say, where is God? Recognize there is God. Always, right? We cannot lose. The only way that Christians lose is if we walk away from Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's all about Jesus. It'll be about us in heaven. It'll be about us. But right now, it's all about Jesus. We cannot lose. Ezekiel 47. His vision, we grab now, verse 7. We left that off last week. We grab verse 7. Now when I had returned, behold, the bank of the river, there were very many trees on the one side and on the other. This would be the trees including the tree of life. Ezekiel saw lots and lots of trees. So now, it's all about Jesus, but now we're looking at many or multiple trees and not just the tree of life. So Jesus is part of that many trees, but he is the one tree, the tree of life. And I want to go to Jeremiah chapter 17, because I want us to get the gist of what's being stated. The Bible is not stating new teachings or new doctrine, but it's reaffirming to us what God has already said. And that is this. These trees carry a dual meaning. They're not only likened to Jesus, but they're also likened to Christians. Well, God's already told us that, hasn't he? He's told us that many and multiple, if you will, times throughout the scriptures. Look at Jeremiah 17, verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green and it will be, it will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. Turn to Psalm chapter 1. 
Psalm chapter 1, I just want to do the familiar uh, verses just to remind us of what God has been trying to tell us from the very beginning of time. Beginning at verse 1, how blessed is the man who's, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree, firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its seasons. And his leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. The book of Revelation is confirming to us things that God has taught us throughout history. The question is, turn to Isaiah, please, chapter 61. The question is, have we been listening? You, know, you can't listen unless you read. <laughs> have we been reading the scriptures? To try to gain an understanding of the message that God has been declaring to us uh, from the Old Testament. Years without end. The righteous are like oak trees, strong trees, because of the power of God. Isaiah 61, beginning at verse 1. The Bible says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to, sent me to the blind, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to prisoners, and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. So they will be called oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Some versions will just say trees of righteousness. The point is that the representation in the book of Revelation for the trees would be God, Jesus Christ, and his followers, his people, his disciples. In other words, we win. You, you, you have to remember that as we, as we read the text, as we read the scripture, please turn to Ezekiel 47 again. As we read the Bible, the old and new, and we put it together collectively from God's Word, God has taught us the same message over and over again in different ways. God spoke to us. He spoke to the, the patriarchs, the fathers, the heads of the households. He spoke through Moses and the prophets. Through prophecy, He spoke to us in His Son. Same message. Over and over and over again. The question is, have we been listening? Ezekiel 47 and verse 12. And by the river on its bank, on one side and on the other, will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear every month because... The water flows from the sanctuary, and their fruit will be good, or be for food, excuse me, and their leaves for healing. The church bears that beautiful message of God, right? That's what we teach. That is the fruit. Back to Revelation, please, chapter 22. That is the fruit, the fruit of righteousness fruit of God that we bring to this lost and dying world, the fruit of Jesus, the message of God. 
In verse 2 of Revelation 22, In the middle of its street, and on either side of the river, was the tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. How are we healed? Isaiah 53. Remember he told us that? It's the same message over and over and over again. Verse 4. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquity. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. Jesus, the healer of humanity. Back to Revelation, please, 22. Without Jesus, all of humanity, from the days of Adam forward until the last man that will ever live on the face of this earth, dies without mercy. Without Jesus Christ, no man can be saved. But with Jesus, all of humanity who have surrendered to God's plan of salvation will be saved. That curse, that curse of, of, of the law, the old law, the law that mankind could not or refused to keep, that curse of sin, that curse of Satan is removed in Christ. The light of the Lamb shines and we reign with God forever. Verse 3. And there shall no longer be any curse. And the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. And His bondservants shall serve Him. And they shall see His face. And His name shall be on their foreheads. You see that relationship? Remember Mo, uh, the question was asked. Uh, the question was, let, let me see you. No man can see God and live. But, but the Bible brings this relationship together. We got to see the Messiah. God's people. In heaven, we see God as He is. How about that? We will see Him as He is. There's this closeness, this relationship because of the victory that is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. The paradise of God. Chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. The gift of God. The gift of salvation. In verse 21. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Church, we, we are the reflection of Jesus Christ. And in the midst of that Roman persecution, how were these saints ever going to defeat Rome? It's not about defeating Rome. It's about staying true to God. 
Because Rome is already defeated. You see, we win. We won. Unless we look at life from the spiritual perspective of life. Unless we view things from a spiritual perspective, reminding ourselves that we're just passing through this land to get home to be with God. Some folks are stuck in the physical. Some folks are stuck on the earth. Some folks don't want to go to heaven. Brethren, we're just passing through. Move your minds as Jesus has attempted time and time again through the scriptures from the physical to the spiritual. Recognize that the physical is of little profit and benefit. But the spiritual is everything. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. We reflect Jesus in two ways. By preaching the gospel message to a lost and dying world. And by living the Christian life. As Jesus died was buried and rose from the dead, so we too must die, be buried and rise. That God might save us. It's baptism. To surrender our lives to Jesus. I'm thankful Thomas did that just yesterday. To surrender our lives to Jesus. Are there any today who would like to surrender their lives to Jesus? Hearing his word, repenting of sins, confessing that he is Lord. Being baptized, immersed in the watery grave. But not until you've repented and are ready to turn your life around. The invitation is from God. Verse 17 of Revelation 22. The Bible says... And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty, Come. Let the one who wishes to take the water of life without cost, Come. Come be a winner. <laughs> come on to Jesus. Now I want you to think about something in closing this, this lesson out. They were preaching a message about Jesus Christ in the midst of a persecution. And and there was the very real possibility that you could become a Christian today in a martyr tomorrow. Think about that. Today you could surrender your life to Jesus, be baptized in the Christ, have all your sins washed away, And on your way home, the Roman government pulls you aside, takes you away, and kills you for being a king, a son of the king. And so, when you think about salvation, when you think about coming to God, that's just how valuable and how important your baptism is. You're a new person in Jesus. So it doesn't matter if they cut your head off. We've already read, you get it back, right? It doesn't matter if they maim you. It doesn't matter if you become lame. When you get to heaven, you get it back. You can't lose with Jesus. The message is yours. If perhaps you need to 
uh, repent of something in your life that you're struggling with. If you would like prayers made in your behalf, in a moment we're going to sing a song of invitation. If you'd like to surrender to Christ in the waters of baptism, the invitation is yours. Thank you for your time. God bless you.